What is up? Welcome back. Got another great episode on hand. George and I going to be talking about week eight in the NFL season, a bunch of big stories reaching the midway point of the season and where we see some of the awards coming to fruition and where some of the playoff teams, where we see them now. Um, yeah, it's a, it's about that time. It's about that time in the season. You know, it's gone pretty quickly. Um, but now you kind of, you know, you look around and you're really at the midway point, um, pretty much across the table, maybe a week away if you want to be technical for some of these teams. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, we're, we're really, we're really deep in the season. And you, you know, you start to have an idea of who's going to be there in the playoffs and who the best teams are. So, uh, I, you know, I think it's shaping up to be a good season. Yeah, it's crazy. Whenever you like just watch the game, like it, it happens every season. You just get like you get so caught up, and then next thing you know, it's week eight. Like it doesn't, it didn't feel like it's been like that. It feels it, like it's first been before. It, it first hit me, I want to say, like last week or two weeks ago, mm -hmm. and uh, and I'm watching like the game one day, and I and I realized that it's you know like mid to late October. I'm just like, oh wow, like. Here we are in seven or whatever. The season's yeah. moving. Yeah, hundred percent. And now, and now it's the only thing left. As I'm pretty sure we we talked about briefly last week. You know, it's pretty much all we got going for us. Um, and college football. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and only only can provide so much entertainment during the week. But, like during, dude. The but I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. And I don't. And like, I'm not. I don't think I'm a big enough Penn State football fan. Where this is me saying this just as like a. Mm -hmm. guy that's upset about Penn State being bad <laughs> is that dude I feel like it's not a good season in college I feel like it's been a bad season it's just it's so weird it's so weird that like we got this we got this ACC and SEC playing and they get they play for like five six weeks and then Big Ten and Pac-12 are starting right now so like you try and look and try and compare to these guys and it's like I'm trying to you're looking at teams as well as players like you're trying to get a gauge on how good Justin Fields is compared to everybody the guys only played two games but and meanwhile you got other guys like Mac Jones looking really good and he's been playing like six games and then you try and compare yeah, the that, teams like it, it's really you hard brought, you just brought up uh, you just brought up interesting points like I'm watching mid-season Mac Jones mm -hmm. but I'm watching week one Justin Fields so is it fair to put them on the same like shot yeah. holding them to the same standard right now you know yeah. it's tough it's, to say no yeah and it's complete it's it's so weird and I, I thought but going into the season like I thought when all this had happened college football was gonna be the most hurt or the most or the weirdest when you would watch it because of the fact that fans are such a big part of it uh, fans are such a big part of the of the atmosphere of the whole environment the stadium like when you watch the Penn State Ohio State game it's just it's it loses so much of the juice. Like I know it's two ranked teams and it looks great, but like no fans, nobody, like there's no white out there. Like that, that's this whole scene that's set from that atmosphere is just, it's taken away. You don't really get that with the NFL. Yep. Like NFL, NFL games are great in Seattle, New Orleans, but like for the most part, it's like. Yeah. The NFL games are, are less dependent on the crowd. You know, the funny thing about football is like, and I guess this is true for all sports, but I think it's the most true for football. Um, when the camera is like showing the game, you really don't see any fans. Mm -hmm. Where like like in baseball, you do like you don't um, like when the pitch is being thrown, but you do like during the play, I guess. Um, and the NBA, you like always do. So the NBA, in that sense, looked the weirdest in play to me because you see the fans everywhere, like right on the side. Whereas like in the NFL and the MLB, you don't necessarily see them right there. You 
you more see them for like the pan outs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also so, I, it's also for the NBA like the bubble they had. So it's like the the way that they were implemented. It's like they had the virtual fans. It's kind of mitigated it. But yeah, I, I completely agree that the NBA and, I think would be, would be in in the light of like college football when it came to fans because of the fact that like yeah you see more of the fans compared to most other sports. Yeah, but the difference is the NBA quality of play was high, mm-hmm. and like I said, yeah, the co- man, the college football quality of play. I don't know, man. Um, you know, I'll still, I'll still like watch everything at the end of the season, but you know, so far it hasn't been like a hit in, uh, in my eyes. Um, I agree. I agree. It's, it's missing the juice, and it sucks. It sucks. Um, but let me ask you this: Who's winning the Heisman? At the moment, uh, I like it, it's like I've seen the favorites. I because it was news that Trevor Lawrence wasn't a favorite anymore. It's like Justin Fields or Mac Jones at the moment. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and and, it, and like we were saying before, it's weird because one guy's in week six, one guy's in week two. Like, and the funny thing, you know what the funny thing about the the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones thing is, mm-hmm. is that it makes sense for a short for like a short season that it would only like, don't you feel like the Heisman is always like those three guys would come in second, third and fourth. And then the guy that you weren't thinking about would actually win. There, there's like, been a bunch of times like that where, and even like, like Andrew Luck didn't win. It was, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like these guys that you, like you assume are going to win. Don't always win. No, so I'm saying, so I'm saying like, because the season's so short, there's less time for that Joe Burrow to emerge or the Lamar to emerge or the Baker Mayfield or, you know, whoever. Yeah. Um, like Joe Burrow got started against like some weaker teams and built up his case and then was ready when it came to play Not, the bigger competition. Joe Burrow did play Texas early in the season. Yeah. Though. That was like the early, like, Oh, what, what everyone going to take notice now? Cause that was the biggest game of like week two. Yeah. I forgot if it was week two or week three. That's why. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, okay. So let's get into the NFL. Uh, yeah. Another great week. Uh, we'll start off with probably the biggest game of the week, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Pittsburgh pulling out a 28-24 victory after Lamar fumbled. Uh, on, or No, no, he didn't fumble. I'm thinking the wrong drive where he had an incompletion and uh, as time expired uh, to lose. Um, what did you think of this one? This was a, a huge game. Uh, Baltimore, I thought, needed this more than Pittsburgh. Um, uh, I, I'm kind of – it's it's hard for me to take Baltimore seriously a- after you know another loss in a game like this, um, because in the playoffs you don't play the Dolphins and beat them by twenty. You know you play um, the Steelers and the Chiefs and the Titans. It seems that it kind of seems like you can't beat. So um, yeah, you, you know I'll, I'll definitely be concerned. Yeah, no, it's becoming a growing trend, and it's I, I don't know, I don't know, like. This was a game I thought that, like, coming off a bye, Pittsburgh had just beaten a really – like, had to go toe-to-toe with Tennessee, and that game was down to the wire. It was yeah. emotional. They, that was the team that, like, they lost their bye week to. Like, they lost their bye week because Tennessee – like, I thought they were going to be motivated as hell for that game and just kind of go – and they did. They they looked really strong in that game. And Baltimore then came out and kind of laid an egg. Not 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 really. No, never mind. That's a bad choice of words. But – um. Yeah, like the game you think about when you like Lamar struggling, it's these really good teams. And it's like the games you think about that he won were like against New England last year. Uh, I think on Thursday or Monday, like it was a primetime game against them and uh, they steamrolled them. But then as the season went along, it's like, was that win really that good? Well, they also had they had that one win. Um, I think they beat the Niners. Uh, I don't know. No, no, Rams, Rams. 
No, 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 no. Oh, they um, beat the- we're talk- last year. We're talking yeah, about last year. year. Yeah, last year. Dude, I think they beat the Niners. I really do. I remember the uh, um, the what's it called checking? the Rams. Yeah, I'm checking right now. I remember the the Rams game that was on like Monday night or something. Yeah, it was Monday night and they just routed them. Um, but that also wasn't a great team. Um, no, nah, they didn't play them last year. Dude, dude. I'm 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 looking at it right now. <laughs> um, and when you look at their games last year, it wasn't like that that great where they beat like these teams that were like they lost to like good team. Like, wait, is that twenty? Yeah, twenty nineteen. Dude, I don't know. Uh, one sec, G- give me a sec to check this one. I really think I'm right. Oh no, you are, you are, you are. I don't know why that didn't show up before. They won twenty to seventeen. Yeah, let's go. Uh, but yeah, you look at that, and that's not that's not Lamar doing it. It's like that's defense. And oh yeah, well I don't oh, no, think no, I, I know. I yeah, I know you're not uh, pointing it out for Lamar. It's but that is a point to bring up that they did beat up. Uh, they beat the team that went to the Super Bowl uh, for the NFC. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you when you start to look at the games, like he's zero three against Mahomes. Lost to the Titans last year. Lost to the Steelers this year. I think he lost to the Steel. Uh, no, well, Steelers last year doesn't even count because Big Ben's not there. Um, just it's a lot of nothingness. It's a lot of front running and beating these teams that you should beat. But like when it's teams that it's like more equally matched, it becomes a problem. And you know, props to Pittsburgh. They had a good good game plan. Ben didn't turn the ball over like he did against Tennessee. He didn't have those dumb, like really dumb throws. Um, and good on the defensive line. The, the one thing I noticed was they weren't like overrunning their gaps and they kind of kept Lamar for the most part in his, uh, in the pocket. And he was able to get designed quarterback runs, but like when he, when it's like break contain and get 20 yards on a broken play, like those are backbreakers and they really didn't seem to have them for the most part. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. Um, yeah, honestly, you know, like I said, my uh, my main point about the Ravens is just that, uh, like, you know, they'll have more opportunities to play good teams this year. They're playing that first-place schedule. So, um, you know, prove me wrong. Yeah. We'll but, like, right now, yeah, they're 0-2 in big games. That, yeah, that's just how – they're 5-0 and against games they, I guess, should win or or whatnot against comp- – like, against so-so competition. Like, uh, I, I'm wondering, like do, like, do they need weapons? Like, is that it? Like – Nah. You see, I saw, I saw Hollywood tweeted something like, like something, something to the effects of like, why do you even have like, why do you have these weapons if you're not going to use them? So you know, mm-hmm. he feels underused. They have great running backs. Um, yeah. They have good tight ends. It's not. It's not. They have a good O line. Man, the team's pretty stacked. Um, dude, the truth is like Michael Vick on the Falcons never won the Super Bowl. You know, or even got close really, just by having good regular seasons. Um, man. I just don't see it, but you know, all you need, it, all you need is to win a few games. So yeah. who can say, but no, I agree. Also. Agreed. Um, then we'll go to uh, Denver, LA, uh, the chargers, the yeah. Denver just coming back. Like I thought Dude, that I, game was dead in the water. Yeah. I'm thrilled to talk about this game. Um, the greatest live betting performance of my life. Um, <laughs> like, just like multiple screenshots worth of like, you know, I just kept taking the Broncos, you know, um, 
I always thought with Herbert in college, you'd have a lot of these games where, like on Oregon, where it would be like they go up 21-7 in the first half and you're like, and you think it's over. But then it's like, and he looks great in the first half, but then it's like, oh, wow, now they're punting it, you know, up 24-21 mm-hmm. in the, in the mid-fourth. And it was just kind of like that. Um, it was just one of those games. You know, I had a feeling I kept fading the Chargers. I just, like, thought they were overperforming. Yeah, man, the Broncos. The Broncos refused to die. Uh, Drew Locke looked really good, really calm, amazing play to KJ at the end. That was kind of like a – it was a weird play. It was one of those, like – you know, like, I love doing this in Madden where you um, where you roll out and, like, you try to make that linebacker decide if he's going to go for the QB or the receiver, you know? Yeah. And those plays. And, yeah, you know, fortunately it worked. Um, yeah, he got, both, he got both of them. You got him and the linebacker and the safety to come down on and yeah. try and stop him. Um, yeah. yeah I, I also had – I took pregame Broncos money line, so I was sweating that one out. No, no live line for me. But uh, – the, the, the best value I got was plus 1,800. What? <laughs> yeah, that, that is uh that's nice that's nice drew lock just coming in and then dude justin herbert's just getting accustomed to like the chargers way of losing like he it's he's had a couple a few of these where it's just like yeah you're not really the chargers quarterback until you learn that you just herbert, lose in brutal ways but herbert is like that like i'm sorry i know herbert's herbert was playing well for a couple weeks but like like, I just – I don't see how Herbert could be, like, a top five guy. I don't see how Herbert could win a Super Bowl, um, you know. So. Uh, Jury's still very much out, but I, yeah, I thought he played not. well. I thought he played really well the first three quarters. Fourth quarter was eh. Defense really let them down. Like, the touchdown to uh, Deshaun Hamilton, like, the cor- the safety, I yep. think, fell. Um, that was crazy. Yeah, I, there were there were some there were some miscues in the secondary. The the PI that set them up at the one before the game winning touchdown, like, and, and it seemed like Drew, like the, we were talking about that day shot. We just talked about the day shot touchdown. It seemed like they were able to attack like the middle of that um, the middle of that zone. Like he had, he hit Jerry Judy on that same type of pass um, over the middle and got about twenty something yards, and it puts you right at midfield already. Um, um, I, that was just a Drew Lock needed that. Like you, you, as you go through social media, people are starting to talk about is Drew Lock the guy? And I'm not saying he is or isn't, but like this is something that's, that's like you, you look at. And I, it was I was interested to see like Colin Cowherd like m- made a note that he's like out on him in part because of like kind of his arrogance went before he was getting in the in, like. Do you see the clip of him like kind of like dancing a little before he got into the huddle? But like. Right. In this past game, yeah, dude, I was I watched him do it like twice, mm-hmm. um, dude, like, but just knowing Cowherd, like, that's the same thing as like the backwards hack guy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's the no, same thing, and it's like I, everybody talks about the the Joe Montana, uh, yeah, it's the Joe Montana for the drive, and he and he like gets in the huddle, acts all calm, he's like, is that John Candy in the stands, like the actor, and it's like you're supposed like I think he was just trying to exude like confidence and and trying to calm his guys down like guys like i'm feeling calm right now like uh, we yeah, got this I thought like, so too, dude. even watching the game i'm like oh, this guy seems locked in he's keeping it loose like i didn't have a problem with it yeah i i don't know i i think there are ways there are there are times where um 
like when like I, he tried to relate it to like Johnny Menzel and Baker and how he's writing those guys being immature in that sense. Backwards, I don't see his backward tack kind of guy. Yeah, guys. exactly. But I, I don't see how just because he does this in the middle, like I think it, I think it's more of a tactical thing, and that's how he gets a into his zone and b also exude the confidence that you need at, from a a franchise a guy that wants to be the franchise quarterback. Yeah, you know I see, I can see how Colin thinks that. I just don't agree with it. Agreed. Uh, I also was interested. I was looking at the box score for this game, and this is a game where you look at it and you're like, "This is why you don't pay a running back." Like Melvin Gordon, two years, eight million, or two years, sixteen million, eight million a year, do, going getting eight carries for twenty six yards, and then you look at Philip Lindsay, a undrafted free agent, six carries, eighty three yards and a touchdown. Justin Jackson, a seventh rounder. 17 carries, 89 yards. Tro- Troy Main Pope, an undrafted free agent, 10 carries, 67 yards. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this is a game where you look back and you're like, this is why, like, you don't pay a running back. This is, it's not that useful. You don't really need it. You can spend the money somewhere else and upgrade your team for the most part and get a m- bigger return on investment. Agreed. <laughs> um, okay, this next game, um, I, New Orleans, Chicago. This is a uh, like I came away from this game like same shit, different weekend with Chicago. Dude, dude, honestly, I yeah, and in that sense, I don't really even have much to touch on in regards to the actual teams, but I do kind of want to talk about what happened. Okay, you know, um, dude, like that forward progress thing was crazy. You know, the fumble, and then they like ruled that it was forward progress. Um, I thought that was the right call. I was surprised that they didn't blow it really? down because it looked like he was going backwards. Like that, yeah. yeah I, but 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 to me, that was one of those like slow motion. Yeah, okay. I guess he is moving backwards in the slow mo, but the real time, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I personally thought in in real like before it, I'm like, okay, this. It looked like he was going back. It looked like he stopped. It looked like he was stopped and going and was going backwards. Um, in my opinion, but, on that one. And OT was ugly. I also thought. Um, I thought the Saints, they didn't even want to knee it out or anything when there was 141 left. They were just like, yeah. okay, we're done. We're, we're taking this right here. I mean, I think Will Lutz is really good. Like, so, you know, um, he is really good. So, you know, like for sure trust him. But that was – that did seem a little weird. Although I will say, like, one thing, though, if you're running it like three times just to set your kicker up, you are, like, indirectly icing him in that sense. So, like – yeah, no, that's an interesting way of putting it. I don't know because they, they were able to have success a little bit with Kamara, especially on that last drive, um, getting him the ball and getting yardage. Like I think the play before they really ultimately kicked the field goal, like they got about like 10 yards on it. Um, I, I thought it was very interesting that they a left time on the clock and B like, I don't know. Like, I, like, I don't see Kamara as a fumbler and or Latavius Murray. Like, I don't know how you couldn't just like, just give it to them three times and see if they get first downs or whatnot. And because you do leave that object of they just need like you say, Will Lutz misses. He missed a PAT or he missed a chip shot field goal um, earlier in that game. And I, it was around that same length. And I'm not saying, and yeah, he's a top five kicker right now, but I don't know. I'd rather leave it like in pretty sure hands with Alvin Kamara and maybe Latavius Murray. Yep. Um, I look at New Orleans right now is like if they don't have a Michael Thomas and I don't know when he's coming back like this, this team is really on the same level as Chicago and it's not a team that's like getting past me, like maybe one game in the playoffs, maybe 
and depending on who they play, if it's the right team. But like, besides that, like this is a, this is an offense that really struggles to move the ball. Uh, it doesn't really have much vertical passing. Like they didn't have it with Michael Thomas, but they also don't have the, the reliable guy that he is. Like there was like the two plays I saw that like really got them yardage were two broken plays where for some reason, Chicago wasn't, it didn't like, didn't have a guy on Alvin Kamara. Like it was two passing plays that they just didn't have Kamara, like didn't have a guy on Kamara and he was able to bust it. Um, it's really, really not like, it's really not where you want to be for a team that seems to be all in on this year. And they should be because this window that they seem to have had is closing really fast. Yeah, I know. I agree. I, I think, uh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely agree. I think that's all stuff that, you know, we said before, um, yeah, you know, hopefully Michael Thomas comes back and they get better. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's all they can hope for. And, and I mean, it's a good card to have just to have Michael Thomas in your back pocket and still sit there at, at a very good record uh, this, this weekend against Tampa Bay. Like if he's not, if he's not coming back for Tampa Bay, like you really have to start asking the question, like, when is he coming back? Mm, agree. Um, okay. This game thought was going to be closer. Thought I thought San Fran was going to, I thought San Fran was going to actually win this game. Um, didn't happen uh, right now. I'm saying season's over for them. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan and everybody in the building kind of feels that, and it's not the worst place to be in for them. I mean, yep. the injuries were never going to, the injuries were always going to limit them for the most part, I think. Um, and look what happened two years ago when Jimmy G tours ACL, they went two and 14. They got Nick Bosa in the draft. Then they went to the Super Bowl. I don't know how that, like, that can't be, um, redone in this that, that was the main takeaway i took from this like this is a team that just too injured too injured this year um and now we'll maybe maybe get their quarterback of the future because they can cut bay with jimmy i think he has about four million dead cap um the guys missed about 33 percent of his games and how much does he really amplify this offense because we've seen kyle shanahan's offense lead to guys having MVP type seasons with Matt Ryan in 2016. Um, it has that potential. He's one of the best, he's one of, if not the best play caller in, in football, uh, probably him and Andy Reid are one and two or one, a one B. Um, and now he needs, I think a quarterback that a stays healthy and is B able to kind of do more of everything. Like Jimmy really is a statue in there. And not that Jimmy's not good, but it's just like his, his skill set is limited. And when you look across the field and it's like, Russell Wilson is leading his team into these games, despite the fact that they are so like the Niners are still so much better. I think it's a whole than the Seahawks. It's just the fact that like Russell Wilson versus Jimmy G is so lopsided for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, I'm not sure. So, uh, yeah, the, I agreed with that thing about the Niners about their seasons, you know, over, they just pack it up. Um, I was a little surprised the game wasn't closer. Um, Seahawks look pretty good. Uh, do you think? Do you think DK is in like that tier of like Devonte Adams, Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and Julio for like receivers? Um, I mean, maybe he's like you know uh, if he keeps it up the rest of this year. Mm -hmm. I have him. Yeah, I have him like right now in like the Tyree Kill class. But I was like wondering that it's like the guy's just an absolute beast. <laughs> I mean, that touchdown he had where he like, he caught it across the middle. You think it's just a nice gain. And then he turns the corner, uh, goes back, comes back around and runs up the sideline for the touchdown. It's crazy. And then just his contested balls, um, him and Russ are just like the perfect combo. 
Um, I, I, I still think D- Seattle's D is shit. I, I thought this game was more on the fact that they were missing Debo Samuel and that Jimmy just had a bad game. Um, I, I still think this defense ultimately will probably hinder them from doing things like from reaching the Super Bowl. I, I really think like their offense is great and all, but they, their secondary is really bad. Um, run game. I, I think they just match up really well with San Fran and that's where it's like their run get their run D is really good. That's what San Fran wants to do. And their pass D just, they, they were just missing the San Fran was just missing guys. Right. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So uh, your team uh, eked out a victory over the Cowboys. Um, what? <laughs> what were your thoughts of the game? Yeah, uh, you know, I was talking to one of my boys for the game. I was just telling him, like, it would be great if, you know, we could be up, like, you know, like 24-3, be up big at half and not to worry about it. But, uh, you know, in, like, typical Eagles fashion, it, it, it was a close game. Um, you know, a defense was probably the strong point, as it has been recently. Uh, Carson, you know, made some dumb mistakes, but also made some good plays. Um and so, yeah, here we are, you know, and we're going to win the division. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. What's your, like, what's your feeling on Wentz right now, like how he's playing? Like, where, where's your confidence in him right now? Yeah. Uh, it's it's tough because it's like within the same game every week, you're thinking like, man, like this is the like worst quarterback ever. We got to bring in Jalen Hurts. And then by the end of the game, it's like, wow, like, I remember what's so great about this guy. So, um, man, you hope he gets right. I'm fine to give him the rest of this season to figure it out. But but then, like, you know, he puts strings together two bad weeks. I might not be saying that anymore. Um, I don't know. Confidence is like five or six out of ten. You know, I, I was just surprised. Yeah, I was really surprised the offense wasn't able to move the ball more easily. Like, I know they're missing guys. I know they're missing Ertz. I know they're missing Jeffrey, even though Jeffrey's been out the whole season and he's been kind of a non-factor in. Guys never playing again. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. It's like that. Da- like that Dallas D looked actually pretty stingy, and that like it gives you the idea that oh, if Dak's there, they win that game, as opposed to uh, Ben DiNucci. Um Yeah, like. You know, that was the thing. Like, I realized at a certain point of the game, it was just like, all right, they're not going to score more than 17. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like you had to look at like they started off the game with so many like different, like very creative. And I like the way that they were able to move the ball Dallas in the in like the first really throughout the game in sporadic points. But really the first drive they had like a, a lot of it, like with just these double reverses um, and just different ways of implementing getting the ball in Zeke's hands really quick with like uh, just a direct snap to him. Um, but yeah, you, you had to come across just like, yeah, if they have to do this in on the first drive, then they're in trouble and they really are just like, they're, they're really grasping at straws to try and put points on the board. And when, when, when especially when you had a defensive touchdown, what'd you think of that, of that fumble? Um, that was like recovered because I, I thought he, I thought that was like just going to be down. And then uh, that was the end of it. It's going to be Eagles ball. And then it's a, uh, it's uh, tough, tough to say if, you know, that guy didn't necessarily ever really have it on the, on the ground. And then it, it's kind of just like kicked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, kind of think he had it for a second, but, 
yeah like i don't know it, it was just super weird play yeah no agreed and I, yeah i was just really surprised when i saw him like i'm glad they didn't blow the play dead or whatever like i'm always a fan of that i was just really surprised when i see the lineman on the ground next thing i know the ball comes out and the guy's running it and there's no sound but no sound from it uh <laughs> like no whistles nothing and then it gets upheld like that was but it is what it is. Like, I didn't think that sway that I still thought Philly was going to win the game. Um, and they, you know, they can only beat who's in front of them. It didn't look pretty, but it's a win. Um, now, my shitty team, uh, New York, the Giants, just, just gave it away. This one's just squarely on Daniel Jones. This is squarely on him. Like, the Eagles game was, like, wasn't. Think so? Yeah, I thought this was squarely on him in this game i thought he made the games he made the plays that lost the giants this game but he I, also made plays that almost won the giants this game i i don't know if that's the case like that throw to the to that throw to golden tate's great but like that one play okay. yeah but then you look at that and you look at that you look at that but then you look at like the missed throws to darius slayton he's missed like he missed three throws to him that were deep you see that two-point conversion like he gets that ball out on time to Deion Lewis in the flat, and that's a that's a two point conversion. We're going to yeah, we're going to overtime. Sure. Dude, the, the crazy thing is, um, like that's the funny thing about Danny Dimes is that he he throws like three dimes a game. Mm-hmm. He th- three amazing throws, but then it's like it's like a fumble and like two picks and and a bunch of, and a bunch of crappy throws. So, uh, man, it's it's tricky. You know, it's kind of like Carson in a way. I, where I, like, I was just about to say that. Yeah, um, where and they're like both kind of mobile. Um, yeah, it is kind of similar like that. No, and it's like it's too playing too much of hero ball. It's like the two those like the two interceptions he had were like just throw it away. Like both of them were just really bad throw, like really bad decisions and really bad throws. Like I I, I think we're all like hung up on the idea that like when Mahomes does like this stuff that he does where it's like rolling to the right and he's evading the rush and he just throws it back. Like he does that every time. No, there's a bunch of times where he just flings it into the second stand, second uh, row in the stands. Like it's just his ability to pick and choose when he wants to do that hero ball and try and force things that makes him great as opposed to forcing it every time. And that seemed to be the case for the most part with Daniel Jones in that game. Like I only saw him maybe throw it away once or twice as opposed to trying to force it and that's what happened with two interceptions uh when your defense is balling on the other side that's the stuff you can't do like if you looked at the stat line between tom brady and daniel jones they both played pretty much equivalent games and the difference was daniel jones had two interceptions tom brady had zero like he lost them the game when it came to that aspect as opposed to tom brady who didn't like didn't lose it for them that was my feeling. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with that. I think, this, I think I came away from this uh, thinking th- this is the game where you look back on and if the Giants take a Justin Fields or a quarterback in the draft this year, this is one of those games where it's like, oh, that makes sense. Because he really hasn't shored up like you, you're hoping he takes another leap and just doesn't and he cuts down on the turnovers. Like I, I was – I wasn't huge on the like obviously turnovers aren't are a no now and but 
going coming from last season into this season, I'm like, okay, all these things are manageable. He can hold the ball with two hands when he's in the pocket, just be stronger with him. He'll cut down the fumbles. But like, these are just decision-making things. And like, that's just stuff that you need to learn. Like he needs to pick this up at this point. And that's a winnable game. That's a game that you should win. And when your only wins are one against Tampa Bay and then three against Washington, like, I got Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert looking really good against good teams and keeping them in game and winning them games. And they're in their first eight starts. I, I just expect more. If you're really a special quarterback, which is what you do, when, which is what you believe when you take them top 10, then you, you should be beating these teams and just showing more. Um, I agree with you. I think that's fair. And it's especially like last thing I'm going to say about this. It's especially frustrating when Jason Garrett did a good job as a play caller. The defense was really good. The wide receivers were getting separation. The running game was solid. The offensive line was good. Like really around you, everybody was doing their job. And it just, he didn't have, it wasn't an awful game, but it was just like these moments. And those are the moments that are the difference between winning and losing. And you can't have that as the quarterback. Um. Okay. Uh. So got three teams here. Uh, gonna see whether or not we're panicking or we're gonna be patient with these guys. Um, start off with the LA Rams. Uh, they lost to the Dolphins in pretty uh, pretty amazing fashion. Just the fact that like Dolphins seem to just dominate that game for the most part. Um, what, what what's your level with uh, with the Rams? Um, they have like a couple weeks to, you know, go on a run to make the playoffs. Uh, and we'll see, you know, it's, I can't, I can't really call it either way yet, honestly. Uh, I'm panicking if I'm, if I'm the Rams, just for the sheer fact that like, they just haven't beaten good teams yet. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's not so much on the, the fact that they lost to the Dolphins, because I do think the Dolphins were a good matchup for them. Like they, the Dolphins matched up well with them. They have two good corners to match up with their two good receivers. And then Brian Flores, who had uh, experience shutting down Jared Goff from the Super Bowl. He was the defensive coordinator for the Pats or linebackers coach. I forget. Um, he, he shut him down there. It's pretty probably brought in like similar play style. And the fact that, yeah, his two corners were able to shut down Woods and Cup for the most part. Um I don't know. Yeah, Rams are Rams are in a tricky spot right now. Like they seem good, but like they've also just beaten the NFC, all of the NFC East. So I don't. I'm panicking a little bit if I'm them, or if I'm a fan of them, and just have high hopes for them to do really much in the playoffs or beyond. Um, okay. What about the Pats? Pats lost to the Bills this week. Cam brutal fumble at the end while it looked like they were driving and possibly sending this to overtime. Yeah, definitely panicking um, because they're going to go like six and 10 and they don't have a lot of good young players are going to go like seven and nine or something like that, you know, so they're kind of in a, in a crappy situation, but you know, um, you still have the Patriots organization. So uh, like, you know, it's going to be a bit of a shock to Pat's fans to be kind of bad for a couple of years, but I think it'll be fine long-term. Uh, I'm not panicking. Uh, I'm just, just need to accept like what you are. Like you were saying, uh, they're not a good team. They, we said this last week, if you look at their offensive weapons, it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing there. Um, I think Bill's starting to understand that. And I think that's why he was trying to trade Stefan Gilmore. Um, I think that's why Julian Edelman had surgery 
and was is going to be out for the foreseeable future. He had Nikhil Harry out. He I I think he kind of sees that, and it sucks that Cam's the scape like not the scapegoat, but the guy that's like the sacrificial lamb to the slaughter for this because like there I think he realizes that his shortcomings as a GM are leaving this team pretty barren with talent. Um, and I'm really. I hate the narrative that has come out in the past couple of days of that I've seen um, where it's Tom Brady, maybe Tom was more, more of the success than bill. And it's like, no, like just because bill sucked at as a GM the past few years, like doesn't mean that Tom was more important to the, to the success of the Patriots. Like Tom, if Tom's there, they're not better. Like Tom's team's better right now because he was able to choose where to go. If Bill could choose which team he was going to coach or be the GM, like that combo for it, like I'm sure, I'm sure his team would be really good right now. They'd probably be in the playoffs. Like I, I hate that narrative. It, it makes no sense to me. It's just like this is an indictment on Bill as a drafter, not as a head coach, not what the whole dynasty was about and the power struggle of who was the more important piece of it. Uh, well. I, I think, you know, I think there's been a little bit of like, in my eyes, if you're somebody who, who thinks that Brady was like just, you know, a system guy, I mean, you know, you'll probably never admit the truth, but like this would help you admit the truth if you're reasonable, you know? If you're, re- what do you mean? Wait, what? Like, okay, let's say you hate Brady, right? Mm-hmm. And you're one of those guys who says he's like a system guy. Yeah. Um, and, but this year with the Patriots being bad, and the Bucks being good, you know, that would kind of disprove that. But, uh, you know, if you're like a reasonable guy, but if you're one of those Brady sucks guys, then you're probably not so reasonable, you know? Uh, yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. Um, it, it, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I, I think you can't really just look up record for one record for the other and be like, that's the answer. But I also don't think you can, yeah. uh, you can look at it and Brady has a bad game. It's like, Oh, like, see, he's a system quarterback. Like, you're not going to get the answer within the half a season. It's just, I mean, I get, I guess I get it that people have like need to have talking points and whatever. It's just, it was frustrating to see that that's where it like kind of amounted to. Um, yep. Last team, uh, Tennessee coming off their second straight loss. This one was a. Nah, I'll, make this, I'll make this one quick. No chance I'm panicking. You lost a tough game last week to Pittsburgh and off the back of it, you know, you, you know, I don't know. To me, since he's looked kind of threatening all year and it just happened to not be your day, I would not be panicking at all. Me too. I said uh, just a bad loss. It happens. I mean, the Bucks were about to – Bucks could have lost to the Giants. And I was thinking about him like, this still doesn't change how I feel about the Bucks if they lose to the Giants. Because yep, you clearly see this as – that was a letdown game for, uh, for Tennessee off the – a really emotional game against Pittsburgh because that was two undefeated teams, I think, at the time. Um, this was just a letdown game. Uh, I re- like I, two weeks ago versus Pittsburgh was more indicative of the team that they are. They made a good move to get a corner, which is what they needed for their secondary help. Um, I think Henry's going to start to pick up steam. They just need that defensive line really to step it off. I was really surprised at the lack of pressure they were able to put on Joe Burrow. Uh, I mean, you signed Jadavian Clowney, you signed Vic Beasley, who they've now cut. Like those guys, I, I expected to really feast on an offensive line that was missing three starters and was already, or two starters and was already like the worst offensive line in the NFL. It was Agreed. a really shocking game, but uh, yeah, I would not be panicking if I'm Tennessee. I still see them as probably 
uh, a top four team in the AFC, uh, maybe top three. They're probably on like, it's tough now. I got to revisit where I see Baltimore, even though I, I picked them to win. Um, like right now, the top four, I got to say, are uh, Kansas City, like no, in no order, Kansas City, uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tennessee. Um, they're, they're still in that. Uh, this yeah, loss doesn't change it. If I had to order them, KC, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Baltimore. I might flip Tennessee, Baltimore, but uh, the first, the top two, I probably have to agree. And I don't know if you can really argue that at the moment, especially given the fact that Pittsburgh beat both both those teams in consecutive weeks. Um, okay, so we are halfway through the halfway through the year. Uh, let's let's visit some uh, some NFL awards. Where we see the where we see this going, we'll start off with MVP. Who do you got? Yep. Um, keep this one quick. Uh, I think it's going to go to Russ. It is the narrative, and he is has the performance to match it. So to me, it's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, yeah. At the moment, yeah, I, I agreed. Agreed. Uh, guys, number three in passing yards, number one in passing touchdowns, and the crazy thing is, he's one in passing touchdowns by about five pass by about five touchdowns. With his bye, he's already had his bye, and he's still leading by five touchdowns. That is crazy. Yeah, uh, his team is six and one with one of the worst and one of the worst defenses in NFL history. He's had three touchdowns in all but one game. Like it's crazy. Like this guy's on a mission, and I, I think he's clear cut at the moment. Uh, he hasn't had like that bad game that Rodgers had versus Tampa, um, and he's just been consistent throughout. And the fact that yeah, he's just put his team on his back given the struggles on the other side of the on the other side and uh, not that really dominant of a run game. Um, okay, uh, coach of the year, who do you got? I'm going to go with um, this one was tough because, you know, I don't know. To me, there isn't any like clear performance, but um, I might say, uh, I might say Stefanski with the Browns if they make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could definitely see that the, the way he's turned around that team and they just look, they just look better. Like, like, when you when and I watched them last year, it was like it, they were winning off talent. It felt like not like based on play calling scheme or whatnot. And now and now like and now you lose Odell, so like you you sneak into the playoffs at like nine and seven. The narratives in your favor. Um, yeah, that that's that's one that I could see. Um, and even though like like people hate the Bills, but like or not, I hate them, but people might not be you know. Yeah. Involved, but like. They might win the division and it'll just be one of those like, like, here you go, you know, because they've been pretty good the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And no, McDermott's a great McDermott's a, definitely a top 10 coach. I got to say uh, brings the most out of his team. And like for the most part, like they've had success despite the fact that like Josh Allen looks strong, but like yeah, he's been inconsistent. And they're still able to put up victories like that's that's great on him. Um, so for me, it's I, I'd go Brian Flores. Um I'd also consider Mike Tomlin um, Flores. It's just the, really the lack of talent that he has on his team uh, and just really working with like working with less and still putting up big, like still keeping his team in games and then looking impressive against like against big, against good competition. Like they routed San Fran in San Fran. They um, had good showings versus Buffalo. They had good showings versus the Rams or they beat the Rams. I mean, and they were really close to Seattle. Uh, and when I compare that to like Pittsburgh, who I'd also consider Mike Tomlin as 
uh, then maybe the next guy I'd pick like Pittsburgh's got a shit ton of uh shit ton of talent on both sides of the ball where they've got all pro guys, pro bowlers. And I really don't see that for the most part in Miami. Um, yep. I agree. I've been impressed with Miami and, you know, I'm, um, one thing I guess I, I kind of forgot to we or I kind of forgot to talk about dur- during the Rams or when we were talking about the Rams, just that uh, like it was it was funny that the Dolphins looked so good and Tua didn't really like do anything, you know. Yeah, no, it, it, I completely agree, and it's it's one of those things where you kind of get that it's luxury. Time, but it's a good yeah, so it's a, but that's a good sign. It's funny in the short term that his first game wasn't really him but in the long term that's great because now you have a team that can win without him yeah exactly and yeah you want to give your you want to give that rookie quarterback or that young quarterback the uh the lack of pressure to just put it on his back consistently like jumbo run support you know Mm -hmm. uh no exactly exactly and when you don't get that for the most part like their run game's not good their offensive line's not good like you need it from the defensive side. And that's where Flores came in and was able to provide that with turnovers, with defensive touchdowns, with uh, special teams, touchdowns, like. It was All right, let's, go on to, let's go on to the next award. Okay. Uh, defensive player of the year. Yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. Um, I just think that like the perception is that he's the best part in the league. He's been having a good season. Um, and uh, you know, it, as long as the Rams can stay competitive, I think he'll win. I'm between him and Miles Garrett. I don't know. I was going through and just looking and comparing them, and there's just they're so close in like everything. They're both tied for one in sacks. Uh, Garrett's number six in pressures. Meanwhile, uh, Donald is top ten. Um, Donald's number two in forced fumbles. Garrett's number one. Uh, what is it? Uh, Donald's number four in tackles for loss. Both top four in QB hits. It, it's just it, it, I think it's between those two. Um, it's tough really to decide which one because they've both been really, really good. Um, I guess I guess I'll go Miles. I, I think I, I think his showing this year uh, at the moment, um, given that they don't really have much else on the defensive line. Um, okay, offensive player of the year. Do we just consider this the same as MVP at this moment? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Uh, <laughs> offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Burrow. Um, you know, I saw something, I looked at it like a week or two ago and I saw that Herbert was favored over Burrow, but I mean, you, you heard what I like, I don't know, like if you've been listening, you know, over time, like what I'm saying about Herbert, what I'm saying about Burrow, like I clearly like Burrow more. I've been more impressed. So, you know, I think he's having a better year. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is clear cut. I, I think Joe Burrow's just been on another level. Like Justin Herbert's been great, but he's also like if you match up the teams, you look at them and Chargers. Herbert, versus- Herbert might Herbert might steal it on account of ha- or like on account that of uh, potentially winding up with better like counting stats. But I think if you watch Burrow's clearly better. Yeah, no, I I really like when he, when you look at what he has to work with compared to compared to Herbert and what he's like uplifted his team to play close games against Cleveland, Philly, Indy, Cleveland again, and Tennessee. Yep. Meanwhile, like the only bad game he's had was against Baltimore, and they just beat up on really bad teams regardless. Um, it's it's too impressive, I think, to forget if even if the stats aren't there, like just taking the circumstance of what he has to deal with compared to. Justin Herbert, and it's just it feels night and day. Um, 
Okay, the last one. This one I thought was the toughest one to kind of figure out was defensive rookie of the year. Uh, maybe it's because it's early or maybe it's just, I don't know. It, nobody's really jumped off the page for me. Uh, I'd probably go Chase Young um, with Antoine Winfield really close behind. I mean, he's only played five like full games, uh, two and a half sacks, one forced fumble, five tackles were lost with an 82 PFF grade. And I don't, I'm not hamstrung by the PFF grade. It's just when it's defensive line, when it's offensive line, when it's like tight, some things like that, I like to take that into account because of the fact that like I'm not watching every play with a defensive lineman. Yeah, um, man, Chase Young seems like the safe pick. I don't know, man. Um, I really, I really don't know. I'm not sure. This is kind of a tricky one because there's really no one else outside of Chase Young. I feel like he's having a good season. I'm looking at the odds now, and it says that no odds have been out since October 6th, and, and Patrick Queen was in second. And, like, yeah, maybe someone like him. Like, why not? Um, yeah. No, nah. like, I, I, yeah, that's where it's like I saw Antoine Winfield, and he's been putting up numbers, but it's just like I don't know. Like, there's nobody that's – yeah, there's nobody that's just jumped off the page. Like, if you looked at other top five – other top ten picks, like Jeff Okuda struggled as a corner. Derek gun Brown. Head, gun to my head, I got I to gotta say Chase Young. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Uh, I don't think – I think there hasn't been anybody that's really taken it from him. And I think given the lofty expectations and the fact that he's been, he's put up pretty solid numbers given the fact of like half a sack a game, like definitely. When he plays, when he plays, he's amazing. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I expect him to have a big second half of the season. Um, Okay. Uh, Anything else from you? No, I think that's, I think that's all I got. Okay. Uh, Thank you for coming out. Uh, This is, uh, can't wait for week nine. Uh, We'll see where this takes us. Um, But uh, thanks for tuning in. Peace. Yep. Thank you, guys.